deep shot. He's got the touchdown. And Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. We have not recorded, we haven't recorded in almost two weeks, so we are excited to be back on the airwaves recording our 54th episode live on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. If you are new to the show, please don't be shy. Feel free to hit us up with any comments or questions you may have. And while you're at it, make sure to, to subscribe to the Bucks Banter YouTube channel and turn on those notifications while you're at it so you know when we go live or drop any new content. As always, you can find all of my written work over at BucksGameDay.com, which is the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I am joined this evening by my esteemed co-hosts, Scott Capron and Bodan Yard. Nice to be back, guys. How are we doing? Feeling good, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. I got the match on TV, so we, we can uh, sneak in some live updates of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, yeah, I see Brady and Rogers, the old guys, have an early leave here. Are they on the second hole? Yeah, they're just finishing up on the second. Uh, Rogers was dialed in, true birdie, like he had hit every shot, and Josh Allen hit a spectator on the second tee block. <laughs> wow, it's like Brady. when he tries to throw a swing pass. Um, <laughs> Maybe in his rookie year, yes. Yeah, I know, I know. These aren't really the four quarterbacks you can make little pot shots out about their their skill and how it how it relates to golf here from uh from a football uh side of things but Mahomes or Mahomes and Allen are plus 900 we're on the second hole how bad must they be this is ridiculous yeah, yeah there's some, there's some value there Scotty there is well guess what your boys probably gonna have to dabble um yeah. yeah what's up boys um let's see let's see what goes on with the match number six I guess yeah, Brady's 0-2 as it stands. So oh, that probably I feel happen. like he's going to get this one, though. Rodgers is apparently really good, right? I mean, he certainly looked it off the first tee. I thought Brady, uh, he was out of bounds more, or at least in, in the shit, the first two hole tee, tee shots. So that was a little surprising because he's got a nice-looking swing. Yeah. Did you see the clip of them uh, playing that little like chip game with uh, they had these cardboard cutouts of their receivers? I did not know. Oh, oh, it's it's pretty good because it starts out with Brady just being like, "Okay, I got Mike Evans." Have no idea who Aaron Rodgers is chipping it to. Like they were just basically oh. had like all of these like cardboard cutouts of guys on their team. I That's think funny. Mahomes had Kelsey, and he Brady like ripped them for like not having Tyree Kill anymore. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I forget who Josh Allen had. It probably was Stefan Diggs, but he just said, yeah, you, you don't have anyone established, basically. Tra- Travis Kelsey probably made Patrick Mahomes pay for half of that cutout, eh? <laughs> yeah. Did he You'd hope so. saw that, obviously? Yeah, I loved uh, Kelsey's response to the Kittle commentary that he's, like, uh, horribly underpaid. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Well, his girlfriend broke up with him because she said that he made him pay – She he made her pay for half of everything while they were together for five years. So that's where I was coming from there. Oh, so no, I was not aware of that. No, I think I saw no. that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So like really good joke by me, obviously, um, <laughs> you know, totally topical that everyone's heard it, but uh, no, just kidding. Um, yeah. Tough luck, Travis, maybe spring for some flowers. I don't know. Yeah. Dinner might well, it doesn't mean he didn't get her flowers. He's just a very frugal guy when it comes to home expenses. I, I, 
Yeah, that's one way to put it. All right, I'm gonna reel us back. Gonna reel back, back in here. Reel us in. Uh, so tonight we are going to be discussing the Buccaneers signing of Akeem Hicks. Big news dropped yesterday. Uh, we'll discuss Ndamukong Sue, Rob Gronkowski. Before we get into a fun little exercise where uh, we're going to pre- preview our favorite individual or positional matchups for each regular season game on the Buccaneers schedule this year. So that's like the premise of a piece I'm actually working on right now for Sports Illustrated that will be going out at some point in the next few days. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're getting some exclusive access. Um, but anyway, so yeah, no. Bucks. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, nothing. I was just exclusive, baby. Let's rock. There it is. Um, and yeah, but the, the Bucks sign Akeem Hicks. So there were there was speculation, you know, after they drafted Logan Hall that I was still hopeful they would bring back Sue or someone of the like. And, you know, they ultimately chose Akeem Hicks over Nadamik and Sue. Uh, contract details came out today. It's really a it's a really a six point five million dollar base salary for a one year deal. And then um, could be as much as up to ten million. So another three and a half based on incentives. He's got to stay on the field. Um, it's like a 1.5 million in per game roster bonuses. So if he plays every game, you know, that's another 1.5 and, uh, it goes up a little bit further with some other like pro bowl incentives, each playoff win, etc. Um, so, and they've, they've worked it out that it's only going to, according to Greg Allman of the, of the athletic, it's going to work out to be just a 2.39 million, um, again, cap hit because of four avoidable years. So, uh, you know, some crafty work. I mean, I think it's a great signing. Um, Akeem Hicks is a beast. He's been highly productive at points of his career. I'm going to talk a little bit about his history and what he's done, but do you guys have any initial thoughts when you saw the news that they brought in Hicks? Yeah, yeah my only I, thoughts I was, were, oh, oh, go ahead, Scott. Go I was ahead. just going to say, my only thoughts were, called what my, my thoughts were, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, He's a bit older now, but it's it seems like a team-friendly deal, especially with those paragraphs of incentives and clauses that you just laid out in order to, to get to what he's actually going to make. But from a cap it perspective, it seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it leaves them yeah. with enough money to tie up Gronkowski or, or someone else if that's in their plans. Um, the Bucks have put themselves in a position due, due to frugal cap management by Mike Greenberg. Uh, and Jason Light, whereas, you know, they are in a position where they're going for it now. So why wouldn't they use these void years? I mean, it's something that, you know, we've talked yeah. about it a lot, but teams like the Saints and some other teams have done for many years, which will eventually bite them. But the Bucks were so, so frugal, as I said, with, with their cap management that they are in a position where they can do this and not have to freak out too much about the long-term effect. So um yeah Bo Bo I feel like you're an Akeem Hicks guy like before I don't know is that real or am I just making that up no yeah you are you you are right about that like I uh I've been roped into betting on the Bears from time to time and Akeem Hicks has been a big part of that uh hoping that he'd be on the field or when he was on the field uh I like Akeem Hicks he's younger than Sue I think it's I think you could argue it's an upgrade if he if he stays healthy um he's like a big play guy like he'll get after the quarterback and he will like plug up the run game as well too so um like the best version of Akeem Hicks now is better than the best version of Indomitian Sue that you could possibly hope for right now so I thought it was a good pickup I thought I was surprised when it was 10 million like when I just saw the tweets I was like that's oh, what man. it was that's what it kind of came out first as right Bo yeah like, oh okay like, exactly like kind of yeah but then 
you, know, you kind of expect Jason Light to just get a better deal than whatever is first yeah. reported. But um, yeah, 10 million just kind of like, as soon as I saw that number, I was like, oh, so Sue's gone. So like Sue is not going to be a part of this team. Like that's just basically closing the door on that. So um, yeah. yeah, it's it's an interesting move for sure. And I think just like beside Vita Vea, I think that's like the thing that everyone's talking about is just like, how are you going to run up the middle on these guys? Like, yeah, it was already impossible last year. Yeah. But, like, with the Keem Hicks, like, but I th- if he's out there, it's tough. Yeah. And I think, Bo, you hit on the big thing there. And, actually, I just came up with this right now in my head, that the best ability is availability. Yeah. Um, first person to say that, uh, trademark. Um, but that's the difference, right? Because Sue has missed, what, two games or something as a pro? It's actually – it's. I think it's zero. I think yeah, it's zero. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, Yeah like an insane Ironman streak and absolute, you know, file him away. He's going to play. And then Hicks has had a few uh, injuries and some not like injury ravaged seasons, I don't believe, but you know, only maybe 11 games or 12 games, things like that. So it's not like he's, it's, um, you know, this, this huge worry, but I think just when you compare him to Sue, it's like, okay, well, let's, let's see what we can get out of him, Right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, career-wise, just like he's got 40 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, six fumble recoveries, nine passes defended, over 110 starts across 10 seasons. Uh, in terms of the comparison to Sue, I mean, he's, as we, we just mentioned, he's certainly not as durable as Nadamik and Sue, but in my opinion, he's a much more talented interior pass rusher, right? Great so, y- and also, like, one of the unique things about Sue, and we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about what he brought to the Bucks during his time, but, you know, his mentality, that, like, ferocity and just kind of mean demeanor i mean keem hicks is mean he's a mean sob himself and as as again when healthy um i think it's not even comparable in terms of what he brings in the juice to the pass rushing element of things from that position and he's more than serviceable stuff in the run too so you're talking like 700 pounds between him and vita vea when they're beside (laughs) each other yeah he's Um, a really good player like it like I don't know. Like that's, that's awesome. I don't think that's being debated. And sorry, I know you're not saying that. Like, it's great. Let's just, let's just see him go out there, but, uh, and, and see what he can do. Obviously it's just Sue and kind of endeared him. It seems like he became a real fan favorite, like a real priority among Bucks fans to keep. I don't know. Maybe that's just what I thought might just be a sense I got from Twitter. So who on earth knows if that's the actual case, but um, I mean, Hicks can absolutely be an upgrade. And if he is, then just another key cog, another great uh, chess piece to have on that defense, right? And I think with with drafting Logan Hall, a guy who they drafted to play that defensive tackle position primarily, they've re-signed Will Golston. You have Vita Vea now locked up for another, what, three, four years. Um, you know, they, they have invested heavily in their defensive line, their interior defensive line. And as a result, I think they've felt comfortable taking, I don't want to call it a swing because like six and a half million base salary is tasty for Akeem Hicks. Like I'm sure he could have gone more elsewhere, Um, but where they're not, he's not going to be required to play 45 snaps a game. Like it's going to be a rotation and that's the best way um, in that top bowls, three, four defense to keep those guys fresh. And he's going to be able to get the most out of all of them. And that, that includes Hicks. So, you know, I think it kind of works two ways in that sense that there's a good chance he's going to stay healthier when they can keep him fresh. And he's a part of a committee of talented, big, athletic um, d- defensive tackles and interior defensive linemen. A little bit of history just on um, 
Akeem Hicks, for anyone who doesn't know, he grew up in Sacramento, started his collegiate career at Sacramento City College, um, and he earned some notoriety there, obviously, because he was dominating. The and Thunderbirds. Is, is that who you're making? No, I don't know. I just made that up, and it could be. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he had committed to play at LSU, and then I guess there were recruiting violations, and I haven't looked into this, uh, by LSU, apparently, according to Wikipedia, that made him ineligible for that 2009 season. So he ended up, he couldn't transfer to another NCAA school. So that's how he ended up at University of Regina in Canada, um, somewhere in Canada, right, Bo? What do you mean somewhere? In Regina, Regina, <laughs> Saskatchewan? Come on, out yeah. west? Right, right, Saskatchewan. What a product. Rough Riders like, were just hoping that he just slipped through the cracks. Just slipped sure. through the crack, get the hometown boy. Yeah, yeah, get the hometown discount for uh, our boy, Hakeem. How many, over under, how many times do you think Akeem Hicks has taken a flight to Saskatchewan. He's like, he's flying. He's there four years. No, I I don't think he was there for four. I think he was there for like two. I think it was two two years. Um, But yeah, not many. Like if you put, if you put the over under on like two and a half flights, do you think he ever came back there? No. Oh, you mean since he left. Yeah. No, I would playing career. Yeah. No. Zero. Give me the under. Under. (laughs) Yeah. Give me the under. Um, there's probably like some sort of ribbon cutting yes but shout out to the cis uh good product much improved uh since players like akeem hicks came through there uh he's the second highest canadian well he's not canadian player out of a canadian university to be drafted one guy went in the first round back in like the 50s i saw um but anyway akeem hicks obviously dominated the cis as well and he showed out at the east west shrine game and he ended up getting drafted by the Saints in 2012. I had kind of forgotten he was a Saint initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so he spent three years there, was solid, and then was traded to New England, spent a year there. And then he landed in Chicago where he played for six years and really made a name for himself wow. in the NFL. In my head, he's been with the Bears the whole time. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that was for me too, man, for yeah. sure. And I didn't remember him being a Patriot at all. Yeah. Um, so he has been a teammate of Tom Brady. But uh, his best year was 2018. He was a second-team All-Pro, a Pro Bowler that year. Seven and a half sacks, 12 tackles, 55 to- – or sorry, 12 tackles for loss, 16 QB hits, yada, yada. Uh, but he also ranked 39th in the NFL Top 100 players in 2019. So I kind of think that's worth referencing. I always like that. Like guys who land on the Top 100 list, I think it's like a fair – And in the top to half of that 100 list. Yeah, like, man, he like, was a dominant, dominant dude in Chicago. That's a good screen – that's a good little, you know – memento of what the league is like at that given time right I, I think that does matter and you know obviously 2019 is weirdly kind of especially in football years like far away now but it's not it's not crazy you know what i mean like it's not 2015 or anything like that so yeah wow i, I yeah 39 that's awesome yeah. yeah so he's gonna fit right in man like he's got that ryan jensen to him that same thing that sue had that, that like i'm talking about just that demeanor that hungry to win like you he's vicious man like we've seen him seen him plenty of times on prime time because i'm not exactly tuning into bears games but you know plenty of sunday night football monday night football and you would see him wreaking havoc in a lot of those um nfc north division games against the packers and i just remember him getting in the backfield wreaking havoc that way so um i'd be happy to see him doing it in pewter and red and i think it's a really nice addition and more importantly i trust like top bulls at the helm the buccaneers um evaluation like they've obviously done their homework on him and they think he's still got plenty of juice and i think that's what you got to trust in most ultimately they're they've chosen him over nadamkin suit so yeah that's that's what it clearly comes down to and um which i think kind of leads nicely into just this 
I mean, Sue had a really great three seasons in Tampa. He was a major difference maker on the field, even more so in the locker room, I think, which, you know, where it's in of my opinion, he really helped change the culture of the team. Um, got there a year before Brady, brought that nasty edge I'm talking about. And that's kind of been a defining trait in him since he made a name for himself at Nebraska, where he's one of, well, undoubtedly the best defensive player to come out the same year the Bucks drafted Gerald McCoy. Um, mm-hmm. Sue's been a, a monster, man. So durable and highly productive, like plug and play pro. And sure, he's been controversial because of that demeanor and that nasty edge he plays with. But this is football, man. And I, I want a guy who has that. It's just like Jensen. I've I just said it, but you toe the line of of being a dick and just being a nasty football player. But it pisses people off. And you'd uh, rather you'd rather rein it in than have to amp some a player yeah. out, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Neil on YouTube says, "My guys, what's good, Neil? Thanks for joining us, bro. If you have any questions, anything you want us to hit on, um, don't hesitate to drop the comment, and we will we will answer it or a- address it, assuming it's appropriate, of course, because uh, we've had plenty of of comments that didn't make that criteria <laughs> today, over the years. Um, so oh, I guess that sorry, but I just what leads to the obvious question." Are the Bucs a better defense today than they are than they were a few days ago? Yes, because Sue wasn't on the team a few days ago. So that's yeah. kind of a cheeky okay. way to get around it. But uh, it'll depend. It'll depend on what, uh, more or less what we've said. It's going to depend on health. If Akeem Hicks can stay on the field and it's going to sh- – what he gives them, it ha- absolutely has the potential to be, I think. We know exactly what Ndamukong Sue is, the definition of consistency. Uh, he had exactly six sacks or six and a half each of the last two years um, and he played every damn game and he's good at stuff in the run. But I mean, I almost think it's maybe not the worst time to cut bait. And yeah, it was six sacks each of the last two years playing on like a $9 million deal each of the last two years. Yeah. I just think they want, wanted something a little different and they have prioritized pass rush from the interior and they want somebody who's going to rush the passer and they feel as though Akeem Hicks is more equipped to do that. And I don't disagree. I think he is a better pass rusher when he's on the field. So yeah, yeah, I think I like definitely. I'm like, excited. That was my me, initial reaction was excitement. Great. Yeah, awesome. I, I think like the name, like there's a lot of cachet in the name. I think for me, it's like the ceiling. Like there wasn't really much like like this was a really good defense, especially like an yeah, extremely good run defense on top of it. So like, true. does Akeem Hicks make them better? Is I don't know. I think I think he raises the ceiling on a play to play basis, but like if you have to start Logan Hall nine games out of these 17, like because Akeem Hicks isn't available, then yeah, that's this team is worse because you know that's not gonna happen within Dominican Sue. But um yeah, I, I, I think like when you are a contender the way the Bucks are, you should be swinging for the fences and trying to like raise your ceiling as much as possible. And I think Akeem Hicks does that. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's really well said. I, I I agree totally. And you know, in terms of the aforementioned Logan Hall, this is really interesting to me. This is kind of where my mind went after I processed, you know, what um, Hicks brings to the table, the ultimate signifying of Nadamican, the end of the Nadamican Sioux era um, is how are they going to use Logan Hall? Because it was primarily expected to be on the interior, but part of his appeal as a prospect is his versatility for a guy who's so big. He has played, he can play the edge rusher or inside either one. I think this is, 
going to result in Logan Hall playing a lot more off the edge to help spell Joe Tryon, Trayanka, and Shaq Barrett because the Buccaneers are thin at edge rusher. They're really talented with their two starters in JTS and Shaq Barrett, but you need depth there. And behind them, there isn't a lot. So I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more of Logan Hall rushing off the edge now um, than I thought we would have prior to this move. So yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I guess like just to like put a bow on everything, like what's next for Sue? Because like he was very outspoken about like, hey, there's a place for me on this team before this call before this uh, signing. Um, if he ends up being a saint, like how do you feel? Well, I'll tell you, I'm fearful of that because that's exactly I could see Sue spite signing like somewhere exactly. Nearby. Me too. He, he went out on Twitter and like asked them to sign him pretty much. Yeah. Like he was like, yeah, you know, I'd, yeah. like, I'd look good there too or something. And uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they went down that path and explored it. I don't think they like right away knew they weren't going to resign him, but they kind of probably were exploring other options. And I'm sure Akeem Hicks was right up there on their wish list the whole time. And they've been doing their due diligence behind the scenes. And you got to trust this group, man, Jason Light and his team. Like um, I like change. I like change. And I think this is a change. We know what we're getting with Sue. Let's let's take a shot here and, and see what Akeem Hicks has. And as you mentioned, despite the injury history, he is a little bit younger. So, yeah, not something to completely ignore. Last thing I want to hit on before we get into our game within the game, I'm calling it, um, which is the segment where we're going to break down each Bucks game. We're not going to go super in depth, but I'm just going to highlight the matchups of each game that I'm looking forward to. And you guys can offer your thoughts or if you would view it differently, if there's something you're looking forward to more than the one I identify. But first, I want to just kind of talk about Rob Gronkowski because I've been very pumped the brakes to Bucks Nation. Like, I think there's a legit chance. Um, don't assume he's back, et cetera, et cetera. I have now entered a phase where I'm starting to feel more and more and more optimistic that Gronk's coming back. Really? Yeah, I am. Like, I'm feeling really good about it now. Like, my percentage, uh, my Gronkometer has gone way up. Um, because <laughs> what I happened? Think, I think if he was going to retire, he would have by now. And they're making these yeah. signings. They're keep the, they're keeping the coin off to the side. The way they use the void years here for Hicks tells me they have plans to use that money elsewhere. And I just can't like he feels like the missing piece right now um, to me. And I think. I think based on his relationship with the team and, and with Brady, I, I think he's at least given them some sort of hint that he's likely going to come back. And I think he just wants to skip out all the offseason bullshit. Like they've got, you know, OTAs and voluntary stuff coming up. He wants to wait till the last possible minute because he has been open and saying he is not into it. Like he doesn't like yeah. that, shit, especially yeah. at this point of his career. And well, I think it's a need it. Like, I honestly, I'm starting to think they already have a back, you know, a, under the table agreement and they're like all right shit gronk like just stay in shape and come in for training camp and uh we'll get a pop in then man and and i don't know it's just a feeling that i've gotten and uh that's where i'm at and i sure as hell hope it's true and thank god they drafted kate otten and at least they have cameron Brayton in the wings if it is not then they got to find someone else to bring in because then tight end becomes a major hole but uh, I think we're going to end up seeing Gronk back, and I'll be real excited if that happens, and obviously disappointed if it doesn't. But that's where I'm at. I, I'm uh, I don't know if I'm with you. I I think I I get what you're saying. Where I don't think he's going to be there like for OTAs. Like obviously at this point, there's like little to no chance of that. I could see him just like waiting a few weeks. I think he came back and he's like this 17 games thing is is long. Plus playoffs is it's really long. 
So like if if you gave me the over under of ten and a half of games that Gronk plays, I'd probably I'd probably take the under next year, honestly. Because I think he's gonna take a lot of time. Oh, so you're saying he he won't even you, you Yeah, I could see I could see him this. just yeah, I could see him being like we got a fucking gauntlet this first four weeks, yeah. Dallas, New Orleans, Green Bay, Kansas City, like I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna come back for Atlanta and I'm gonna take my time picking and, and like We'll go on a run then, basically. I don't think um, Tom would let him. You don't I think, think so? I think Tom. Ooh, I think once thing. Tom would be like, no. Tom, I don't want it. I, if you're not here, I don't want But, like, I guess that's where I'm at is, like, who is, like, he's clearly the best free agent tight end that's out there. Like, who are you going to bring in? Yeah, I saw Eric Ebron as a guy. Oh, God. No, like, people aren't even speculating, man, in, amongst Bucks Nation because I think they're everyone is just holding out for Gronk, and you can yeah. you can throw my name in that ring, too, because I think it's going to happen. Eric Ebron has killed some of my fantasy basketball teams. That's how bad he's been. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, he transcends shittiness across all sports. It's unbelievable. What um, a time to bring up a cross-sport fantasy reference, Scott, with all of the uh, Jock Peterson – uh tommy fam beef going on we don't got to talk about that but it, it's pretty fucking amazing how you got baseball players legitimately beefing over how their fantasy football season has gone what a what an unofficial endorsement of football that is and dominating just, baseball <laughs> yeah. mike Trout i'm surprised it's the, not in like the front page in the nfl right now yeah mike Trout being the shittiest commissioner ever <laughs> like just one of the biggest stars in sports that's that's like really funny man like i can't I would like I would like a new story about it every day, like a new layer. Like the, jo- the Jock Peterson interviews, the two of them are so incredible. Incredible. Like some, some of my favorite. I tweeted out it belongs in Cooperstown and Canton because um, <laughs> it's that good. And it reminds me of our buddy Chip Chris Bukes, uh, how he would handle an interview in that same. <laughs> his, his whole demeanor, he's just like, Whoa. yeah, exactly. he's serious. He's serious. He's. <laughs> He's dead serious, and he's like, I'm going to win this fight. If it comes to a fight, I'm going to win it. Yeah. So, so anyway, let's let's get moving here because we do have 17 games to preview, so we'll try and be quick with each one. And we're not talking about the whole game. But, again, this is an article I'm, I've am i been chipping away at right now in between, you know, quick hitters and stuff that comes up in the meantime and real life. Uh, but, again, it's called The Game Within the Game, and it's matchups to watch in each Bucks games this year. And I'm going to run through the ones I've – for each game i'll introduce the game and i'll tell you the matchup i'm most looking forward to and uh you guys can offer your two cents or maybe you have a different one you'd be looking forward to maybe you agree whatever just to something to talk about we're in the the dog days of the off season so for week one bucks at cowboys on september 11th on sunday night football um carlton davis versus cd lamb um, is the matchup that I will be watching the game within the game, the battle between these two players. I think they're at a similar point of their careers at their respective positions in terms of both kind of on the fringe and that like top 10 range with as, you know, as far as cornerbacks or receivers go, but both with the potential to kind of explode and, and really develop that reputation as being like a true number one. Um, to you know break into that top 10 and I think they're on the verge and I think what better way for either one of them to sort of establish themselves than to put on a real legit performance against the other Um, at least that's how I'm going to kind of be looking at it and I don't I don't think you know Carlton's necessarily going to shadow CeeDee Lamb I think 
how CD Lamb is employed within the Cowboys offense is up for debate. I mean, they've used him a lot in the slot in the past, whether he's going to occupy um, the wide out position strictly like that X receiver spot that was previously occupied by Amari Cooper. We don't know, but I do know that that Carlton Davis is going to be matched up with them plenty that game. And I'm really excited to watch those two guys play against each other. I love that. I might be, I might be a nerd, but like, obviously I want to see that, but. I don't know. Last time we saw Tristan Wirfs, it didn't look good, right? And I know he's gone through the rehab. He's all he's all healed up. But uh, I kind of want to see him against, like, Demarcus Lawrence or Dante Fowler they brought in. Like, I think that's going to be a super interesting matchup just for first game, like, all the nerves, right? So um, I thought I thought I, th- I was very I thought long and hard about Wirfs and Donovan Smith against Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, even is who mm-hmm. I was thinking because he rushes the quarterback so much. But uh, the other part of this I should acknowledge, I'm glad you mentioned that, is like I have to kind of spread spread out which guys I choose. So yeah, of course, let's just yeah. say Wirfs Wirfs is on here. I just opted for a different matchup to focus yeah. on. Fair on enough. Scotty, you like you like that one? Yeah, no, and, and like I I kind of figured. I mean, you can't just use the same thing for every single one. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. I really liked how you put they're kind of at the same points, like same trajectories. Like, can we see a big leap from Carlton Davis to really become like uh, an upper echelon guy? And I think with Cooper now gone in Dallas, then it's, you know, it's unequivocally um, CD Lamb being the number one guy for them. Right. So that's, that's, it. that'll be an interesting barometer for both guys to, to start the season. So I like that one. Yeah, and and uh, Carlton Davis, like all the nerds, you know, the analytics guys, they all love Carlton Davis. Like he is yeah. awesome at contesting, you know, breaking up passes, shit like that. He just hasn't hauled in enough picks to get him on that mainstream, you know, yeah. to get that mainstream notoriety. And it's not like he has brutal hands. He just like plays very defensively, um, if that makes sense. So I think I think he's due. He's due. He had one season with like four picks. I think he's due. I think he's gonna have at least five picks this year. Book it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, week two bucks first matchup with the saints. I'm not, I don't want to, I guess I, the first one I wrote down though is, and I would, I would feel like a traitor if I didn't write it down. It's Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I think it's obvious to anyone who's watched these yeah. two guys battle it out over the years. Like it's literally, as far as one-on-one rivalries go in the NFL, it's one of the best the league has to offer, right? Yeah. Like it's you awesome. can't watch, you literally can't watch anything else when it's on the screen. No. And I can't it's believe so it. so good. And that's the one time Mike Evans lost his shit, lost his cool. Of course, it was Jameis' fault, but (laughs) Mike Evans still did lose his cool, and that just kind of speaks to Lattimore. And and Evans has been super complimentary of Lattimore as a player um, with when his cooler head prevailed. But, you know, athleticism, technique, skill, grit, tenacity, physicality, yada, yada, trash talk. Like, the matchup between these two guys has it all. They're tremendous football players, like top-near elite players at their positions. And uh, they hate each other, and the teams hate each other. So, yeah. I mean, that's really all you need to to discuss in regards to that matchup. I don't know if yeah. you two care to add to that. That's a no. subset of like I would have just said Brady versus that entire Saint secondary, but this is yeah, this is like the headliner of that whole thing, right? So, yeah, I even thought specifically about Brady versus Matthew because Tyron's there now, right after yeah. their Super Bowl beef. But like, yeah. you know, quarterback versus safety is kind of kind of you're kind of reaching. Yeah, um, just happens. overall, like if you if I if like kind of flip it, um, this wide receiver room versus the Bucks defensive back room is going to be very interesting. Uh, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and Marquise Callaway still in the, still in the back 
end of that, Traquan Smith as well, too. Like, they're deep at wide receiver. If, if Michael Thomas is still the guy that he was, um, there's going to be a lot of matchups between that secondary. I don't know if you guys saw. Like, obviously, you both know I'm a huge Olave guy. I've talked about it enough. And I know yeah. that both of you like Olave as well. No. Nope. I- I feel I feel stupid for because I think it was Mickey Loomis Saints GM or someone said we see so much Marvin Harrison in Olave and I was like oh yeah, yeah that makes I was a lot like yes that is the best comp for him like I don't think that's just, like that's legit comp and I know that's yeah. high high praise but just in terms of how they play like small but just smooth and fast as hell um, at that position is just uh, well, yeah. that would have been that would have been a good comp on your mock draft pal. If you came up with that one first. Yeah, I know. Exactly. But I didn't. So I know. I know. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if we'll get to all these, but I'm going to pick out some of my favorites. Um, week three, Bucks versus Packers. I mean, again, this schedule is just insane. It's these top. These, like, I can just picture Gronk just like laid up Long Island iced tea. <laughs> just like I don't really need to be involved in all of this. You would right drink now. those. Okay, stop with that talk, Bo. I think that would throw, throw things off for the team. I think you need Gronk there for week one and on. But I, I think you can rally around Gronk coming back. <laughs> well, you, you can't skip the this nightmare opening schedule. Anyway, week three, Bucks Packers, September 25th, 425 p.m. game. Uh, Brady versus Rodgers. They're teamed up right now on the match as we speak. And, I mean, what more is there to say about these guys? Yeah. I mean, it's just so obvious. Um what do they have? I wrote it down. Eight Lombardi trophies, seven MVP awards, over well over a thousand touchdowns, almost four hundred wins, and thirty-nine seasons between the two of them. And they're both arguably one and two at the position in the league. I mean, very much arguable. If it kind of depends anyway, but in terms of you need someone to take your team for this season alone to a final destination, being the Super Bowl, it'd be hard to pick two other guys yeah. over them. Um, so I just think you have to pick those two. Sneaky Devin White, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Of course, I saved some other matchups that where it was yeah. a little harder to find one. But yeah, no doubt, man, that's a good one because yeah. that's kind of the thunder and lightning. And like you could even do it those two running backs versus Levante and Devin. Like yeah. exactly, it's kind yeah, of a thunder and lightning on both sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Dormy. that's yeah. Um, and then and then the Bucks play the Chiefs at home October second, another night game. Um, and I got the Bucks D line versus the Chiefs O line. Yeah. And you know, this is a Super Bowl 55 rematch where of course, I mean, you could argue that the dominant performance by the Buccaneers pass rushers making that game a living nightmare for Patrick Mahomes and that offensive line. They didn't score a goddamn touchdown. Yeah, that was the difference in the game. Right. Yeah. So Tom Brady won the MVP, but I think you could have given it to the Bucks D line as a whole. I thought Shaq Barrett, man. But um Anyway, what that did was that that spearheaded or forced the Chiefs to completely revamp their offensive line, which they did a masterful job of immediately through a combination of, uh, of draft picks, trade, and free agency, and it immediately paid dividends in that 2021 this past season, um, where where you know they were keeping Patrick Pat, Patrick Mahomes upright, and it worked out. So I'm really excited for that rematch in the trenches. That's somewhere where my eyes will be. Um, thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I, I I don't think there's any way. It's tough to single out anything else because, like, the Chiefs defense, I don't know. Not really anything to write home about. But, uh, 
I, I like love that. It's going to be really good. And that's like, that's just kind of like the moment that you bring Akeem Hicks in for, right? Like this is, this is a game where you're hoping that signing pays dividends. Yeah. I'm going to skip ahead to week six bucks. Ho- hoping to be at this game week six bucks at the Steelers, October 16th, 1 PM game. And here I got Tristan Wirfs yeah. versus TJ Watt. Yeah. Mm. Top three edge rusher against a top three tackle. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, you know, Wirfs has more than handled his own um, facing some of the best pass rushers in the world. And TJ Watt's career arc is just on an absurd trajectory as well. Yeah. Um, after he exploded on the scene as a rookie, where is it here? He has 37 and a half sacks over the past two regular seasons. It's silly. Like yeah, absolutely Watt. ridiculous. That's psychotic. Like that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I, I was even though I know how prolific he's been at getting to the quarterback, that still shocked me. You're looking, yeah. yeah, and he does it from the he does it from the right side too. Like that's the that's the coolest part about this is that we're gonna like that matchup is like in pen. Like we're definitely gonna see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So that's a fun one. Um, Bucks Panthers. I got McCaffrey versus Fournette week seven. I kind of mm. viewing that like. Mm. Two very interesting pass. Both were high-level prospects at the running back position. And uh, McCaffrey's injuries, his inability to stay on the field, has just become such an issue for them. And their their whole offense is geared around him. And he's still so dynamic when he's in there. But it's almost a given he's going to get hurt, right? So you would, would say that his career arc is trending downwards. Meanwhile, Fournette thought he was written off. Shit hit the fan in Jacksonville. And he's completely rejuvenated his career in Tampa and a big part of that, you know, he still has that that edge to him, runs hard downhill, aggressive dude and pass pro and all that. But he's actually developed right before our eyes as a pass catcher. And I think that's the biggest thing he's added to his game that keeps him in the good graces of Tom Brady and the Bucks offense and makes him a legit like bell cow running back for a contender. So that's one there. That's a tough one with the Panthers, man, to, to come up yeah, with. The Panthers, yeah. they, don't have an aw- they don't have an awesome roster. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I'm going to do week eight, Bo. Game Wait. You- what? Uh, wait. Which which game are you doing? Do you- Bucks, Bucks Ravens. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to skip over I thought that you were one. skipping ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, not, no. I'm not paying attention to what the uh... week it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Fair, fair enough. It's only five months away. <laughs> um, Devin White and Levante David versus Lamar Jackson and Mark yes. Andrews and Mark oh. Andrews. So I'm I'm playing it like, of course they're they're both going to be involved in both, right? There's going to be scenarios yeah. where Devin White's probably spying Lamar Jackson, and in in coverage, you know Levante David is the ideal guy to match up with Mark Andrews. Of course, there's going to be times when those guys get switched, but those are the two biggest threats on offense for them. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's legs are the primary concern. Devin White, um, in my write-up, I talk plenty, don't worry, Bo, about what he needs to do better this year. Um, but he still is lightning fast and just uh, – He's kind of made to defend Lamar Jackson. Like, if you were thinking about a linebacker in the lab, like just putting them together, you'd probably end up with Devin White. Yeah. Him versus McCaffrey was another one I love too. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, so – and then Mark Andrews, man, this guy is like quietly like yeah. top – two three tight end in football like he can block he can catch so i just love how that bucks linebacker duo could match up with those two weapons for the ravens it's a fun can i can i try to sway you yeah please i think you gotta go 
the wide receivers versus the DBs. Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin versus Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Kyle Hamilton, and Marcus Williams. Like that is going to be a ridiculous, yeah, like that's... chess match between those four. Like to me, the best, like clearly the best uh, defensive backfield in the league. Uh, versus, versus one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver tandems in the league. Yeah, man. It's a great point. It's a really good point. I don't even have a defense for that. Like, it's just hard to pick more than one, and that's a damn good one. Yeah. That's an awesome game. That's going to yeah. be such a good game. Yeah. Like, if I, like, pray to God everybody's healthy, but that's going to be a crazy good game. Yeah. Like, Bose is obviously great. I would have leaned the linebackers versus Lamar as well, but like, you know. Six and one there, like they're both great. Yeah. So. For sure. And I've, you know, limited myself to picking one matchup. So, you yeah. know, I had a few yeah. written down, but that's a great point, Bo. Week yeah. nine, Bucks, Rams, like this schedule. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop. I like, know. Are you a little bit worried about your 19 and one prediction? <laughs> <laughs> I actually deleted that episode. <laughs> no. Um, Todd Bowles versus Sean McVay, man. That's the matchup. Oh. That's the matchup. Like, Bulls obviously has earned his reputation and his current job as a head coach, uh, being one of the most aggressive, creative, effective defensive play callers in football. Yeah. Same deal for McVeigh, of course, um, who's just, you know, the chosen one on the offensive side of the ball. Guys like younger, he's like in his, he's even 30 yet and he's got a coaching tree. Like, yeah, like what? But anyway, uh, two coaches who are highly respected for their respective knowledge on opposite sides of the football and you got to like McVeigh has had Bowles' number big time. His offenses have gotten the better of Todd Bowles' defense since McVeigh has been in the league. And I would say the way last season ended, I mean, if the Buccaneers knock off the Rams there, they, they got to beat the Niners at home and then they got to play the Bengals. Um, pretty c- good path for being that far into the season. It didn't happen despite that miraculous comeback because of a humiliating result based off of uh all out cover zero blitz by Todd Bowles that exposed his defense put Antoine Winfield in a tough spot and Cooper Cup caught that caught that game winning touchdown with under a minute left or about a minute left um so I think that's fresh I think Bowles is knows that and not like a head coach should be overly motivated one game more than the other but I think let's be real he's got to get some revenge in that matchup yeah I think that play was talked about enough that you know, it would really stick with them. You know what I mean? It's sometimes uh, a loss or any sort of big playoff game kind of, it gets, unless it's a miraculous catch or something like that, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But like that was very much in the moment and even still pinned on bowls. Right. So I think that's fair to say that if, if, you know, a coach ever had a game circled for whatever reason that this, this could be it. This is also like, as far as the schedule goes, like this could be one of the like the moments that were useless. Like, okay, we're this is a Super Bowl team or this isn't a Super Bowl team, basically. Like you you got this game after the gauntlet that you just went through, like literally like what is it, like six playoff teams you're playing before this? Yeah. Uh and before in the first nine weeks. And then um then you go to Germany after this to pay Seattle, and then you got the bye week. But I think this is gonna be a huge game where there's the Bucks are in the headlines, like across ESPN and all the big media outlets. Um, I could definitely see this being a huge game. And I mean, just last year, right? They were 0-2 versus the Rams. Um, exactly. And, and they were yeah. beat, they were beaten convincingly in that week four matchup as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I know outside of other obvious matchups, but like the Rams are right up there as one of the teams, uh, you know, as a Bucks fan that I want to see them beat the most, mm-hmm. um, especially seeing the Rams kind of take that, pluck that, that Lombardi trophy last year. Um, we're moving at a good pace here, so I'm just going to keep rolling. Uh, Bucks Seahawks week 10, as Bo mentioned, in Munich, Germany. First ever game to be played on German soil. Uh, technically a home game for the Bucks, even though it's being played almost 5,000 miles from Raymond James Stadium. Unfortunate, but the reality, all the teams got to deal with it. Anyway, Seahawks have plenty of holes on their roster. As we all know, they're in this rebuilding phase. Uh, but the wide receiver position isn't one of them just because they got Lockett and Metcalf. And I'm yeah. going to be geared up to see how this Buccaneer secondary matches up with those guys. If you take them out of the game, if you can uh, limit them, then, you know, there's no reason the Bucks couldn't absolutely trump them like in an embarrassing fashion. So, yeah, I, I like it's tough to pick out any other strength on the Seattle roster, honestly. Yeah, so. they suck. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Um, by week, I'll be watching uh, Bruce Arians and his bottle of Crown Royal. See who comes out on top. Um, <laughs> week eleven, because he is still part of the organization. No, I've it's the by week is what it is. Week twelve, Bucks at Browns, another game that will be exciting um, potentially. I mean, could be either way, but Browns are a good team, man. Yeah, just depending on the quarterback position. Anyway, I got I kind of narrowed it down. Uh, I got Godwin and Godwin and Evans versus Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. Just like the corners there versus the receivers, I like that battle a lot. Could easily go just the whole Bucks O line versus Buck uh, Browns D line. I haven't written this yeah. one up yet, so I have the potential to switch it. But at this point, I'm leaning those receivers versus the DBs. But uh, Clowney's back. Miles Garrett, you know, Worfs, Donovan Smith, Jensen. Um, they drafted uh, Perry on Winfrey, the Browns did, along the interior. So I really like the state of their defensive line. And, of course, I like the state of the Bucks' offensive line. So that's another one that could go either way for me. That's another really fun game. Yeah. yeah great. It, these, Bill, I'm loving these matchups that you're coming up with. But my bigger takeaway is just the schedule is absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just – and another one, and another one, like – it's exciting and it's daunting all at once. Dude. Yeah, especially because we're supposed to be like the unbiased voice. It's like we'd be watching this game regardless of this Th- that's podcast. Just like it. we'd be watching this whole schedule regardless. regardless 100%. Of this yeah, I know. And I remember when we did the schedule reveal that Scott was like, really? Like, really? Like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. like, he kept kind of freaking out. I'm like, yeah, dude, like it's a it's a gauntlet. But it's there. If, if the Bucks handle this regular season, like, like do really well then my God, like it's a real, it's, they're, they're for real. They uh, just have to close it. Like those first 10 weeks are going to be so tough or well, first nine yeah. weeks, let's say. Dude, the next four games here are Saints, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals. So they know, <laughs> but and, like at yeah. least out of the bye, maybe you can, you get a little bit extra prep and you can like zone in on these teams and you address whatever weaknesses you have, fill whatever holes you have. Yeah, that's true. Um, But yeah, those first nine weeks, I just I can't get over how tough they look. For sure, and you gotta view them together at the same time. Like, of course, it's one game at yeah. a time, but that is gonna take its toll. But it also that's how you sharpen your weapons. That's how you stay sharp, right? You'd rather be playing good teams. Like you're just gonna stay in that Super True. Bowl mindset. You don't get lost. Like they had a pretty easy schedule last year, yeah. and I think you know we you were highly critical, Bodan, rightfully so, of them just not making those statement games, not closing games out, letting teams back in it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because they had a bit of a cushy schedule, so that won't be an excuse this year. No, no, yeah, like 
it's it's a tough schedule opponent wise, but also even just like rest. Like you got your short week in there, and your short week just happens to be the Baltimore game. Um, like it's gonna be so tough. Yeah, and the one thing that I've mentioned before that I do like, despite those challenges, is the fact that when they're playing these other like elite, elite superstar quarterbacks, which there are yeah. plenty of, um, for the most part, they're they're in, in Tampa. So that's just yeah, like that's one true. little nice thing yeah. for the Bucks. Um, yeah. So when they play the Saints for the second time, I got Cam Jordan versus Tristan Wirfs. Cameron Jordan's, you know, that's just a Matt. Those guys are very familiar with themselves. They're both fantastic. Cameron Jordan's still a beast. Tristan yeah, he's still that guy. You know what? Yeah, he is that guy. And yeah, the, just two dudes. I I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, and week fourteen, Bucks at Niners. I have Shaq Barrett versus uh, Trent Williams. Oh yeah, which would be a tough battle for Shaq Barrett, especially how they match up size wise. Um, but if there was ever a game for Shaq Barrett to prove he belongs in the upper echelon of pass rushers, it would be against. What I think is undisputed, the number one offensive tackle in football, at least based on last season. Um, another one I have here is like Gronkowski versus Fred Warner. Like if Gronk yeah. is there, Gronk isn't on the team right now, but um, or maybe it could be Fournette versus Warner. Again, I haven't gotten this far in my writing, so I'm. Do I we do we know who the uh, who the Niners quarterback is? Yeah, great point, man. That's super interesting. No, we don't technically, but it's assumed yeah. that it's Trey Lance. Um, but yeah, who knows? Like Garoppolo is still there, technically, yeah. right? He's under contract for another year, I believe. Um, so pretty quiet, eh, on the Garoppolo front. Like, yeah. well, I, f- I feel like they can't make a move until they find out where Baker goes. Like, one of the, like those two guys are just kind of out there on the trade block, and <laughs> nobody's down. And I would have said from the start, who the hell is going to trade for Garoppolo? But there was plenty of chatter that he was like a fine option for some of these, you know, Carolinas to consider Atlanta's, but they didn't. And I think they're making a right choice, not going after Garoppolo for over 20 mil a year. Like the, I, I would so much more rather Baker Mayfield for one, um, even than Garoppolo, but neither is a super appealing option based on what we've seen from them. Um, Bucks Bengals take a wild guess what I'm picking in week 15 when the Bucks play the Bengals at home on December 18th. Um, it's Tom Brady versus the second coming of Joe Montana. Um, Joe third coming. Cause Tom Brady's the second coming uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow. Um, Brady versus Burrow, man. I can't wait. I'm hoping like that's one of those games I would love to get to, uh, get to live. You know, I'm in Canada for anyone who doesn't know. Um, so, but anyway, that'll be, be awesome. It's a special game. Yeah. Burrow, you, Brady like... and like, you know, Brady's double his age basically, but, <laughs> it's the guy who kind of plays the most like him or who, who if they're I don't want calling anyone the heir apparent to Brady is ridiculous like just from a sheer numbers and all of it perspective but the guy who is most capable I think of like kind of playing the same way and uh really having some special career is Burrow right so to get to see them playing against each other uh is pretty special Speaking of uh, poise in the pocket, Brady just recovered from another fairway, the far side of another fairway, over the trees, and landed it very nicely on the green. Yeah. Little dropped it in the bucket there. Um, Isn't it so wild that, like off the first tee, you just see Vegas in the background? Like there's just this, like this golf, like it's just so Vegas, eh? To have a golf <laughs> yeah. course right in the middle. I mean, I know they have 
multiple, but they're at the win, right? Well, no, Scott. Yeah, this is the only one on the strip, though. Yeah, like, oh, on the strip, right? Yeah. yeah, true. But it looks incredible. I don't. I yeah. don't know how I missed it when we went to Vegas. I like. I yeah, know how. We actually went at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, did we play it? Did we? Play yeah, it? we tried to get on. We tried to get on. Yeah. We didn't have any clubs. Yeah, we, we also didn't actually, have any shoes. Yeah, we uh, were actually at a Pizza Hut, but I just remember brushing my teeth on the street at like 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Um, good trip. Good trip. Yeah. Fine too. Yeah, yeah. Week yeah. 16. We just got a couple more here. Week 16. Bucks at Cardinals. That is on Christmas. Christmas, the night of Christmas Day, Sunday night football. Fun one I like here: Antoine Winfield Jr. versus Buddha Baker. Oh, yeah. I think two okay. of the two of the best safeties in the game. Like both kind of like Buda Baker is a little more of a box safety kind of, whereas Antoine's viewed as more of that true cover deep safety. But they both can do everything, um, and they're both two of the best at their positions. And they remind me of each other in some ways, like their stature. They're not that like Minka Fitzpatrick, Kyle Hamilton, like long lean safety. They're both these like stocky Doug Martin looking safeties back there. Um, and both just awesome players who I love to watch. So it's kind of fun, them in the same game. Um, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, here we go, week 17. Play the Panthers for a second time uh, at home. And I have Devin White versus Christian McCaffrey. Everyone's heard the clip, NFL Films clip, where uh, McCaffrey goes out of his way to tell Devin White, you're the best in the game. You know that. And uh, Devin White said, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I worry some of those comments went to Devin White's head a little bit, and last year it caught up with him. So I'm hoping we see kind of a bounce back year from Devin White. But we'll, we've discussed that a lot already this offseason. <laughs> it's and come I, up. And, it's and, come and, up. And it's coming up again. Yeah. So anyway, and my last one, uh, week 18, Bucks at Falcons. The, the time is to be determined, but it's on January 8th. I got Russell Gage going back to play Atlanta in Atlanta, and, he, and just I have him versus A.J. Terrell, who is like – one of the best mm. young corners in football. Very young. Yeah, he really is. Hell mm. of a player. And I and I think like I know he's probably gonna be matched up with other receivers at points, but I just kind of like the narrative there. Um, and I think Russell Gage will get up for that game. And I think Russell Gage is gonna be pretty damn good in this Buccaneers offense. So uh, at that point of the year, he's already kind of settled in. And um, I missed I skipped because I was thinking of just going every other or every few, but I ended up doing them all except the first Falcons game. I would have Levante David versus Kyle Pitts. I, I was gonna say I was yeah, like since we didn't touch on it, I was gonna say Kyle Pitts, Levante David's gonna be yeah. one I'm looking at. Yeah, so that's the one I, I'll probably go with for the first one. But anyway, there you have it. 17 games within the games. Um, and I'm I'm excited. I'm actually really enjoying writing this piece. It's gonna be a beast, it's gonna be long as hell. Um, because of course that's a bunch of games to talk about, but, um, it's kind of just a fun way I figured to focus in on each game and talk about some of the individual or positional matchups that will exist on the buck schedule. And yeah, that's where we stand. So it's an awesome idea, man. I think like when you floated that in our little group chat, like we yeah. all were just like, I'm excited to read that one. That's yeah. I'm pumped to read it. Pumped to get a little. Just a preview today and uh, to throw in our two cents here, boat in. Um, it just, yeah, every little thing, every every preview, every preview pod, every column, it just gets us close to the season and uh, getting to actually watch these games, right? So it's just every, every time it's like we chew it, like come up with something, you know, knock it out, and, and we're even, and we're that much closer. So it's the best. Less than 100 days to the season, right? Like, it's doable. 99. 99. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, the only other thing I wanted to mention was just kind of the Aaron Donald thing, like Aaron Donald on the, I forgot the name of that podcast. Um, I am athlete. Thank you. I am athlete where he said the, you know, like he's kind of holding strong about like the retirement thing. He contradicted himself a bit, but anyway, today it's trickling out where it sounds like they're going to end up coming. They're already getting closer to some historic contract, which he sure is. I don't blame him. Give him the goddamn historic contract because he is a historically great player and he's in his prime. I'm a little worried about this. So uh, Aaron Donald signs with Donda Sports, Kanye West's new sports agency. Mm. Probably the biggest red flag you can have as a, a guy coming off a Super Bowl champion, right? But not great. Not not, great. not a not a perfect look for him. But uh, no. I'm I I can't imagine a football season without Aaron Donald, honestly. So hopefully they get that done. I think I saw Jalen Brown of the Celtics. Yeah, sign very interesting. Too. Two two signings. Are Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown for Kanye West? That's big time, big time heavy hitter. Yeah, interesting guy to trust. Well, I'm sure he's got a team there. I'm not trying to whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm Scott. To your point, like I'm getting pumped up with this yeah. team Hicks signing, especially too. Yeah. Like, then I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh shit, man! Like our this is a nasty, nasty defensive line group. Yeah. All of a sudden, um, and they're already just. You know, last three years are the best team at stopping the run in football. They're going to be able to do that just the same. And but now they're a little more potent rushing the passer. And don't forget, you got Joe Tryon Trainko who's actually going to get those snaps instead of JPP, which was a net negative last year. So yeah. I just really love the combination of experience and youth and athleticism and size that exists. Will Golston and Logan Hall gives you two guys who are six six, six five, six six. Then you got the Vita Vea and uh, Akeem Hicks mold yeah, right it's just kind of this nice blend of different style of uh defensive players trench warfare kind of guy so uh we'll see todd Bowles is gonna love that and he's gonna take advantage of it and you got to give jason light his credit for uh putting that sort of team in front of todd Bowles, and we'll see what he can do with it anyway lots more time to get into that and everything else as it relates to the tampa bay buccaneers and the nfl in general as we uh trudge through this offseason yeah, we got celebrity golf matches to watch in the meantime <laughs> shit like that um, anyway, make sure you check out BucksGameDay.com for all your written work. And please like and subscribe to the Bucks Banter podcast on YouTube. You see each of our Twitter handles on the screen. Shoot us a follow while you're at it. And we hope to have you back for another episode of the Bucks Banter podcast very soon. Thank you for joining us. Be well. Go Bucks.